Hey everybody, it's Richard Harris and Scott. Wait, that's right, Scott is not with us today. He decided he had something more important to do than the Surf and Sales podcast. So um, please send him a message and just harass him. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, I am super excited today because I'm talking to someone I've gotten to know over the last few years and she's super smart, passionate, uh, an outstanding salesperson. Her credentials are ridiculous. Uh, Salesforce for three years, a company called Equilar, then Box for three years, then Betts Recruiting for three years. And now she's the director of global sales at a new company called Findem, which we'll talk about. Findem is by chance, by circumstance, a sponsor of the podcast, along with Gong, Perception Predict, Lead 411, and Vidyard. So we're, we're super excited to have any of our sponsors. But one of the cool things is if you sponsor, we do let someone come on. Um, and it's not going to be a product pitch, but we'll talk about it so people understand. But Allison, you, it's Allison Andre, by the way, who I got to know. I think I got to know you when you were at Betts more than anywhere else. Uh, but thanks so much for coming on. Hi, Richard. Thanks for, thanks for having me. What a lovely introduction. Um, yes, I've, I've been around the block, it sounds like. But um, yeah, really excited to be here. And uh, like I said earlier, longtime listener, first time caller. So Excited to talk and we can make fun of Scott behind his back for not being here again. Um, so. uh, let me let me just dig in with you a little bit, like long before this level of sales, this professional level of sales that you've been doing. You know, what were you like as the kid? Were you always, you know, the person with the lemonade stand or you know selling candy to your friends? Like, were you always in sales or sales minded? Do you think? Uh, uh, yeah, good question. I, I definitely think so. I was always um, more outspoken, lots of creative ideas. Um, I was always the one organizing, you know, buses to concerts during high school and the, you know, the big limos to the dances and things like that. Um, so, so what was the first concert? Like, what was the first concert you organized? Oh, exactly. Well, we went to more Dave Matthews band concerts than I can count. Um, Pearl Jam was fun one year on Halloween, I think it was. Right. Um, but but yeah, always like wanting to just be in the mix of things and yeah. you know, putting different groups of people together and um, you know making sure everybody was always like having a good time. That was kind of <laughs> my my MO even when I was younger. So, so when this is all over and there's a COVID relief party, I'm calling Allison to help organize this, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, exactly. Well, oh, go ahead. Well, what going even before that, what was your first concert since we're talking about music? Oh, oh, New Kids on the Block. I was seven and I went with my parents. Um, yeah. Do you remember them? The four, the, like the first boy band. Of course, of course, I know NKTOB. Did I have their music? No, but uh, you know, I was I more. I had their dolls. I had everything. That was very in. And who was your favorite kid? Oh, what was his name? Now I'm gonna. It wasn't Donnie. Um, it was sad, the, like the like he was the cute one with the ponytail. Oh, I, I don't remember his name. That's hilarious. It's going All back right. a long time. <laughs> so, um, so, so you, you know, obviously you went to college, came out of school. How did you choose sales as a career or did sales choose you or both? Yeah, great, 
question. I think, um, so I went to Chico State, um, which was a great school. Um, and I, my major was in, I started as a business major. Um, I found it extremely boring and they had a major called recreation, um, which sounds just like a made up major, but it actually was a lot more geared towards entrepreneurs and, you know, maybe you want to be an event planner, um, or, um, uh, you know, a, a bunch of different things, but, um, so I did that. And when I was done, I had an internship at a company where you kind of bounced around to all the different departments to figure out you know, which one you liked. And I hated all of them. And it was at an event company. And I was like, I can't do this for a living. Like I figured out, I just want to go to the party. I don't, I don't really want to plan it. But when I was on the sales team for the internship, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I love that I can go in and I can quantify my day. And I know that if I make you know, 20 phone calls, I get one meeting. And I love that I can like figure out and take away, like that is what I put in today. That is what I got out of today. And it's kind of up to me. And that felt really motivating. Um, and so that company wasn't the right fit for me. Um, so I left and or I didn't accept the, the internship offer. Um, but, but a recruiter from Salesforce called me your resume was still on like monster. Um, he called me and he said, Hey, you know, this company Salesforce is hiring. And I'd never heard of Salesforce. I'd never heard of CRM. I didn't know what it was. What year was this? Just to give people context. This was 2016 or no, sorry, sorry, sorry. 2000, 2006. Okay. Getting, getting dates mixed up. 2006. Early on in Salesforce. Very early. Um, and so he called me and I said, all right, so I, I started the interview process, but I mean, I prepared, I researched, I was looking at Mark Benioff, who's the CEO of Salesforce. Um, I loved that he signed his, you know, he, he would write these company letters and these corporate letters and he would sign them all with Aloha Mark. And this was in the early days of tech when it wasn't like, you know, you're wearing flip-flops to work and sweatshirts. It was still pretty corporate. Um, but I thought that his kind of mission and MO was just like, totally my cup of tea. And so, um, I remember writing down the, the, you know, the elevator pitch of Salesforce on a little like sticky note and putting it in my bathroom and saying it out loud and memorizing it before I went in for the interview. And I went in interviewed with like four or five different people, um, over like two or three hours I have no idea if they still do it this way. And, um, no one asked me to pitch it and I was ready. And so the, the head honcho, um, Nancy Kimmer. Hi, Nancy, if you're listening, um, she's amazing. She was the last one to interview me. And I said, do you want to hear the pitch? And she was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, well, do you want me to do it? Because, <laughs> uh, and I said, I just want some feedback to it. And so she, she's Still like, oh. yeah, we're, I mean, I run into her once in a while in the city. Um, I think, I, I think she's still at Salesforce. Um, do you, you remember the pitch? I, I knew you were going to ask me that. And I, I don't, I, I was trying to remember, it was so simple because it was just CRM. It was just, you know, uh, customer relationship management, right? Where you're storing, where you're, you're storing your, your notes about all your clients and your accounts and everything. Um, so it was pretty basic, but, um, but I just remember having like a really good feeling walking in there and then that was it. And I loved it. And I think, you know, I tell people often like, um, in that first kind of six months, a year that you dip your toe into sales. Um, that's really where a lot of people figure out, like, you know, not only like, do I like it, but am I good at it? And do I want to keep going? Because 
it's, it's definitely a grind, right? And it's, you have to be super self-motivated and um, you have to want to like keep going and, and every day is a new day. Every day you're kind of starting at zero, right? So um, it was a really interesting time to figure out like, okay, I like it and, um, so, and I'm uh, not bad at it. So. I want to pause you there brought up a ton of really good stuff and we're gonna we're gonna approach this both from the candidate side as well as the the you know employee side or the, the company side uh first and foremost i got to give a shout out to chico as that scott grew up in chico so i don't know if you knew <laughs> that um oh amazing yeah so uh one more reason he should be ashamed that he's not here um you, you said something really really good which was you know, you have to want to like it. And, and I, I, I think you could say that about sales or any job, right? You have to want to like marketing. You have to decide whatever it is, right? We hear from salespeople, well, I got to sell a product I believe in, right? Yep. Define that a little bit more for people and particularly those who, who maybe they're, you know, particularly because of COVID, maybe they're, yeah. they're second guessing, should I be in sales yep. or should I be in marketing or, you know, what should I be doing? Yeah. What kind of advice do you give that, assuming they're a candidate that's coming in through Find Them, right, or or any other yeah. service? What kind of advice do you give those people to make sure that before you would position them, that they're the right person to position? Okay. Um, yeah, so that's a good one. So I think um, what, you know, what it what could be helpful to a lot of people, right, as you're, you know, here in COVID world where you have a lot of time on your hands to think about if you're in the right role or not. Um, I love this activity. It's like, it's a Venn diagram. So um, one of the circles um, it's, you know, the three things you're passionate about. Another is your superpower. And another one is what are you genuinely curious about? Um, so you kind of brainstorm on what it is that you actually are interested in um, what do you think your superpower is, right? Um, I think mine is probably like I'm a super connector. Um, and I also get very excited when I am into something, I get super excited and I can, I can get you excited. I can get you on board. Um, and you figure out kind of the intersection of those three things. And then you apply that to a job or a work life situation, right? Um, to, to really figure out like, is this the right role for you? Um, and, and maybe it's not, but maybe it is, and maybe it's super validating. Um, you, you know, your superpower could be, um, that you, you know, you're a data ninja and you love to use data to, you know, close a deal, or maybe it's that you have, um, you know, amazing relationship building skills and you take every single like old client with you to the new, new role. Um, and maybe that means, you know, you should be a field salesperson and out talking to people, whatever that means in the new normal of, of after COVID, but um, you know, really figuring out like what it is that you're excited about and what gets you up in the morning. Because um, if it's not something that has to do with, you know, uh, with with the sales um, angle or role, it's going to be really hard to wake up every morning and, and do this job. That's awesome. I, I think that's really good. I love the Venn diagram. And I think it, it's such a smart thing to do. And I don't you positioned it as an image that I can really understand. And I hope people walk away with that. Let's flip it, right? Is there a Venn diagram for the organization? I'm looking for the right salesperson, right? Um, just for, you know, you know, what goes into those Venn diagrams in your mind? Totally. Um, I think on a more granular level of, of a hiring manager, you know, asking those questions and figuring out, um, 
you know, asking the question of what is what is your superpower, right? Every um, every candidate should be able to answer that. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be like I'm the best salesperson or I can close a deal or whatever. Um, but you can, you know, use your superpower to to apply it to your to your, you know, what this new role is going to bring and what what this, you know, what you're going to be doing in this new role. I think, about, um, I think I'm think I'm thinking about it like if I'm the director of sales, right? And I'm looking for a salesperson or a sales ops person or revenue ops or SDR or BDR. What are the three things I should try to put in my Venn diagram as I look for candidates, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it competitiveness, entrepreneurship? Oh yeah. Like what are the, what are those kinds of things that you yeah. know, you know as, as so, someone who has been on both, you know, you play the middle, right? Like you like, work with the candidate and you work with the company. How do you help the company define what they're looking for in a salesperson? Yeah, I think um, I think you know for for us at Findem and just in general, whenever I've been hiring people, right? I always I have a I have a couple of different things that I would put into a Venn diagram. It might be more than three three circles, but um, I definitely look for. And this one isn't really creating any anything new, but like you know, you want to look for people that are prepared um, because if you come to, even if it's just that first phone screen meeting, um, you know, and if you are at all confused about why we're having this meeting, or if you're not, you know, showing kind of your genuine excitement, um, either about the space or about the company or about maybe my background or just, you know, something, right. Um, then it's going to probably be a pretty short call. Um, I want to know that you did like a little bit of research. And so really making sure that, that, um, the people that you're talking to are, are just as excited about, you know, this opportunity as you are. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, look for people who can kind of be themselves, right. And build rapport in the beginning of a call. Um, I think a lot of people think that a phone screen or an interview is like you're in, you get into this like robot mindset and, I don't want that because I want to see the person who you're going to be when you're on the phone selling or when you're, you know, at that meeting with the client. Um, so just remember to like, you know, I, <laughs> my boyfriend makes fun of me. I said, just be a normal person, you know, just, just, um, you know, laugh. I don't and know what that means though. Right. Like, like <laughs> I, by the way, I love all these things because this is what I used to do. Right. And this is what I coach people to do. Right. To research. Who am I talking to? Who's the next level above them? Mm-hmm. You know, I almost, for me, I always had like a spreadsheet, right? You know, I'm talking to Allison, she's column A. Really? I know that Allison's boss is so-and-so, and I know that another person in HR is so-and-so, and I just take some notes about them, right? I then have another column yeah. for the company, like you said, like you did with Salesforce, right? And so now I'm prepared, yeah. right? And to your point, this also shows them that you know how to prepare for a sales call. Because ultimately, right. every interview is a sales call, and I don't care what position you're interviewing for. Right. It's not your sales. Yeah. And that interview starts like the moment that we are connected, the moment you're emailing me and maybe sending me a thank you note, hopefully, and, you know, scheduling and showing up on time, like all of those things go into it. And that's for if you are first, you know, first junior SDR to like super senior enterprise eight, right? Um, And everybody in between. And I think um, the other thing is, you know, you, I want to know like that you know, you know, maybe a few things of like what it's going to take to, to, to be successful in this role. Um, so I think, you know, you have to go a little bit beyond those kind of basic like sales checkbox questions. Yeah. And I, it was so funny because we were, you know, we'd planned to do this and 
um, a, a CEO called me the other day and he said, Hey, I'm, I'm hiring for a couple AEs and you used to work with this person at X company. Like he sounds amazing. He said he closed 2 million and I'm like, cool against what? And he said, I don't know, but 2 million sounded good to me. And I said, well, then what does that even mean? <laughs> like, but everybody else could have been closing 5 million. So how do you know? I mean, yeah, it's a big number, but, and what was his territory and, you know, how many people were on his team and, um, you know, what did he learn from that? And what, if it, if it, if it was like this amazing thing, what was he doing that the other reps weren't and like vice versa, you know? Um, I remember totally. And, and you can't just come in and just pretend that you're the manager and you know what you're doing is what I'm right. going to say. Right. So you want to make sure to, you know, ask, go a little bit deeper on that. Right. Um, I think we all kind of like listen to those questions and um, it's really also important too. Um, you know, what, what are you learning about your territory? Um, what did you, you know, going into it, right? I, I feel like everybody goes through, I don't even, I don't know if they call it boot camp anymore, like onboarding, right? You go through onboarding, everybody has the same, you know, you're all set up to go be successful. You know about the company, you know, the, the value, the pitches, objectives. Um, but when you get into your territory, if you have San Francisco and someone else has Atlanta, Georgia, those are two very different types of buyers, I'm sure, right? One's like oversaturated with a lot of competitors. One might not be even in the same realm yet of, you know, where this product is and it might be a slightly different pitch. And so, you know, how did you iterate on that quickly and what did you learn, right? So sharing just like a little, like a, a level deeper than just like, oh yeah, this was my quota. This is what I did, made President's Club, right? Like, well, why? Yep, I, I totally agree. I think that, so I love the part about research if you're, no matter what your side, your your which side of the table you're on, or the desk, or the Zoom call. Um, the second thing I would I would say, and I think you you sort of alluded to it, but it's what I tell people to do too, is you take control. If yeah. I'm the candidate, I want to take control. I'll come in and I'll say, Hey, Alice, I'm super excited to talk to you. Um, listen, I don't know how you like to do your interview process, but I got some really fun questions I'd love to ask you. If you want to go first, that's great. If not, I'll go first. And again it sends this message of you were prepared, you thought about it, you know how to go in and do your qualification and discovery. Um, you're giving them the option to take control. And most managers, here's what I've learned, most leaders, I wouldn't even say managers, even CEOs are more than happy to let you take control. Like they're I was going to say, they're totally exhausted. I would right? be so happy. Yeah. Right. So, so those are two things I want to, I want to sort of button up this part about the, the interview process. I want to, I want to step back and I do want you to explain what find them is because you guys are a different technology. Yeah. And I also want people to understand it from the context of the things we're going to keep talking about, not like, okay. Hey, we're pitching find them, right? Like if you're interested, yeah. you'll go find them, but you know, tell people what it is compared to sort of the, Status quo. I wouldn't even call it traditional. I don't even know if it's old school yet. Just the traditional recruiter aspect. So what, tell people what Findem is and what it does. And, and that most importantly, what pain does Findem solve? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so for anybody who is hiring, right, we are a people intelligence platform um, that helps companies close talent gaps faster and build a more engaged, diverse team. So what that means is, um, and why we're doing it differently, um, we are, you know, 
enabling you, we're kind of offloading your sourcing, right? So we are taking that and it's run all by a machine. Everybody offloads your source. All right, this is the part, you know me, I'm going to take control. I love this. Right? Everybody offloads their sourcing. I get it. Yeah. But what pain are you solving for me? Allison, what pain are you going to solve for me if I need to hire five reps or a hundred? I'm going to give you time back in your day, basically. Because yeah, everybody gives me time back in my day. That's not good enough. What pain are you solving for me? I'm pushing you. We are solving your, uh, we're, we're delivering you candidates, right? So instead of you having to spend, and I know you're not going to like this. That's what every recruiter does. Every recruiter gives me candidates. What kind of candidates are you giving me? Diverse, amazing, perfectly matching, high quality candidates. Talk about perfectly matching. What does that mean? How do you find a perfect match for me? Yeah. So the way that we're we're doing it, um, the way we look at candidates is, is through the lens of data. So we look at a candidate. People are made up of a collection of attributes, right? And you are made up of a million different attributes. Um, we look at those to say, okay, Richard is a match to exactly what we're looking for. So today you can say, um, hey, find me someone who is a director of sales, a female. Um, maybe she, you know, made it to President's Club. She's been working for five plus years and she scaled a team from five to 10 in the past. And maybe she likes to ski on the weekends. You can put all of that in find them. And in real time, we give you those matching candidates versus yep. this traditional status quo of a keyword, right? Where you're manually going through and then saying, well, does she like to ski on the weekends and has she scaled a team? Um, so we eliminate you having to go in and manually look at all of these different attributes. We give them to you in real time. Um, so we're all- Let me say this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna summarize it, right? Yeah. And you, can, you guys can take this one back, right? Use it. Is that you find the needle in the haystack, the diamond in the rough, that's based on real criteria and help me avoid spending time on the wrong people who aren't the wrong, the right fit. Exactly. Not that they're not good, not that they're not good people or good salespeople or good leaders, yeah. but you help me dial in on the specific candidates in real time that I should be talking to, not here's a stack of resumes. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Got it. Um, yeah. And then we also take it a step further um, and we give you the ability to make diversity um diversity becomes the forefront instead of not really the afterthought, but in a traditional sense, you know, you find everybody who's a matching candidate and then you go and you say, okay, this person's going to make our organization more diverse. This person will as well. The rest of them won't. Okay. Let's focus on these two with find them. You're able to now say in the beginning of that search, along with, you know, Hey, we need a director of sales. We also want them to be an underrepresented um, or an underrepresented minority, um, as well as a female, right? Um, so it's it's really, really powerful in that you can start doing that from the beginning. Hopefully, and, and to a certain extent, it hopefully reduces the level of bias we have, right? Like we all have bias. Like to say we don't is silly, right? We all have it. Gender bias, race bias, culture bias, whatever it is, we all have some level. And it sounds like you guys are trying to solve that, which I think is a tremendous, tremendous piece. So now there's one other piece that I do know, and I think it's important to talk about too, is that, um, you know, there's a lot of candidates out there, right? Mm -hmm. Particularly right now. Um, there are some A players out there, mm -hmm. but in a tight economy, how else can you guys help? Because you're not just looking for 
those who are looking for a job, right? Right, right. So we also identify latent talent, um, people that are fit, that are within, you know, they could be hiding in plain sight, right? So they are, um, they might be at companies you've never heard of before, but find them will surface that for you. So now you're able to go and reach out to them. Um, and so we're not only finding them for you, but we also allow you to engage with them. Um, you can set up, you know, email campaigns and then you're emailing directly to them. They're writing directly back to you. The other, the other, so you also have the communication yeah. side dialed in too. So it's not just sort of the LinkedIn email. Exactly. Yeah. You, you go beyond the email that, that does, you know, often become a little spammy and you can customize the email. So it's really nice. It, it you know, it feels like a very personalized email to the, to the candidate, um, the other side of it is we have a, um, data analytics play. So where you're looking at all of your talent at your organization, um, and you're looking at those stats to say, Hey, do we, it allows you to, to identify, um, any gaps that you might have. Right. Um, I, I don't think it's any secret that a lot of sales teams are skewing, you know, Caucasian and male, um, right. but you might also want to take a deep dive into, you know, what is the tenure of your team and is retention going to be an issue? And, you know, there's other stats that, that traditionally we haven't really used and looked at because they're just too hard to, to kind of gather. Um, so we also come in and, and identify that for you. So then so you let me ask you this, you know, I, I'm the gamer, right? I'm going to game the algorithm, right? Yeah. And, and this also goes back to, I think, just traditional recruitment. I'm sure you did it at Betts. I'm sure you've done it at lots of places. Um, what kind of stuff needs to be on the LinkedIn profile? What kind of stuff needs to be on the resume? And I'm asking both from the candidate side first yeah. and then from the hiring manager side, like what's going to help me stand out? I almost think that it's really not about what you put on your resume or your LinkedIn, but I say that and now I'm, I'm rethinking because you do have to have the basics of where you worked, you know, maybe some of your achievements, put some numbers if you have them, right? So I can quickly kind of skim through that. Don't lie because now everybody that's listened to this is gonna go one step deeper and ask you those questions. Um, but I think, it's, you know, in today's world, I had a few people the other day, we officially launched a few weeks ago and three different sales reps emailed me personally, sent me a note and said, Hey, if you're hiring, I'm super interested. And they told me a little bit about themselves and gave me some metrics. And that was really powerful. Um, so I almost think in this type of world, um, as uh, if you're a candidate and you are, if you're interested in a company, go straight to the hiring manager. Like, don't be scared, just do it. Um, it. It was a, it was an awesome like game changer for me. I'm like, wow, this person just really separated, you know, themselves from the rest. Yeah, um, I, I teach people that too. I this is what I tell people to do, is you go to the hiring manager, you e you email you first of all you fill out whatever the form is. You got to go through the process. Yeah. Then you figure out who you think the hiring manager is. You email them. Then you email three people in HR telling them you're interested and that you applied and you want to you know, figure out what the next steps are or who you should talk to. And you pick up the phone and you call them. Right. And I guarantee you follow, like that's an SDR sales process. And um, like, if you're not doing that, you're so missing the boat and right. it's so easy to do and so, nobody else is doing it. That's and the thing. It's so easy. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I really love that. Now I want to talk to you about the number side because Scott and I disagree on this and he's not here to defend himself. So <laughs> um, I'm a firm believer, like if, if I'm doing my LinkedIn profile and even my resume, if I were still doing one, uh, first I laugh at people when they ask me for a resume because it's 2021. But um, my LinkedIn profile literally, you know, the first thing under each of my jobs for me and what I tell people is show the numbers. 110 percent of quota, you know, you know, 200 dials, you know, top 10 clients included. Yeah. Like make them curious and make yeah. them want to talk to you more. Right, right, right. Nobody cares that you facilitated dialogue between sales and marketing. Sure. Like that can go below. Like that can go under the numbers, but make them curious sooner. I'm curious to what you think. I, it's funny that you say like nobody, because like when I look at someone's numbers, I don't care about your numbers. I want to talk to you about your numbers and I want to get into the the conversation of like I was saying before, how many people are on your team? How long have you been there? Did you get an internal promotion? You know, um, right. I want to talk about the numbers. If you list them in my head, I almost go to, are you lying? Like, how can your numbers be this good, right? I'm so upset. You, you have the same opinion Scott has. Like, yeah, or he's going to be sad he didn't come. Um, or if you, if you, you know, a, a rep who maybe made it to like 90%, they don't want to put it because they're like, I didn't get 100. And that's like, I failed, even though I, maybe you didn't. To your point, you just said, I want someone, I want to make sure someone's not lying. Well, if they say 90%, doesn't that tell you they're telling the truth? Yes, but also I, what I'm saying is someone might be, might not want to put that, right? And so for me, numbers, I don't know, numbers for me don't, don't do it for me because I want to talk about them on, on the phone with, with people or in, in person. So then, what do you put? So then, so now that oh, I understand how Allison yeah. does. So, so what, what I would love to see what you, you hit on is, you know, who are your top 10 clients? Who are the people that you felt like that deal was like the deal of your career? Or that was the, you know, the, maybe it wasn't a huge deal, but maybe there was some great story to it. Um, maybe, you know, the champion became your friend. Um, you know, list list some of the clients that you brought on. That is really telling. What did you actually do? Um, I think that's a, a great thing to list on your LinkedIn. Got it. Interesting. All right. So I'll, I'll have to think about that because I still disagree with you. So <laughs> I, I think I agree. I agree with you that, hey, the numbers aren't going to make you get the job, but they're at least going to send the message of, OK, this person, I should yeah. talk to this person about those numbers. And at that stage, that's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get you to want to talk. Yeah, to I also I do. You know, the, the other side of it is, I guess the numbers show more so um, again, for me, it's not about the numbers, but it shows it took the time to like go and look at your stats, write them down, put them on your LinkedIn. It's more the process of how the numbers are on there versus like what they actually say. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Everybody, right. write your numbers. Scott, you lose. So. Write your numbers and, your, and the deals you've I think I think what we're really saying though is there's a good balance. There's a healthy balance in there, right? By all means, put some numbers in there. By all means, tell a story. These yeah. are my top five clients. This is the longest sales cycle I ever did, right? Something that makes them go, wow, you you know, you did a 12 to 18 month sales cycle and it was a six figure, high six figure deal. Exactly. Okay. Let's talk about that. Right. Like that's really important. Um, and I think that's super, super important. Uh, you know, you worked a deal that had eight st stakeholders, right? right? Like that's, that's the stuff people want to talk about. Right. In addition to your numbers, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying is we're trying to paint this picture for people. Right. So, um, 
what are what are some of the best questions you encourage candidates to ask their future employer? Good question. Um, you know, I think um, I think in in helping to get to those questions, um, you know, show your curiosity, right? And it, you know, I think the traditional ones are, you know, maybe like if there's one thing you could change about the organization, what would it be? Or, um, you know, what, like, why did you join and culture and where do you see the company going and, and all of those. But I think if there's something that really resonates with you, maybe it's the values of the company, maybe it's the mission statement on the website. Um, maybe it's, you know, that person's background, they were, maybe they were a lawyer and now they're a marketing leader. Um, you know, ask them about how, why and how they're in the spot they're in now, what's made them successful. Um, ask about those values in the mission of, of the company, right? Like, are those held throughout the organization um, yep. or not just, you know, on the website, right? And maybe how does the company, um, like what's an example of how the company meets one of them if there's one that you're super passionate about. Um, you know, I think in today's day and age, I read a study the other day that said, um, you know, the younger generation is now um, looking at DNI to make a decision on where they're going to join a company or not. Um, so make sure you ask, you know, those types of questions, make sure you're asking questions that, that resonate with you, that, that are going to make you feel comfortable when you go there. I totally agree. I, yeah. I think I'll throw in a couple of them as one, aside from onboarding, how often are you coaching me or how yeah. often is the manager coaching me aside oh from, uh, you know, onboarding, what kind of sales training do you do? Right. Yep. How often are we doing role play? Like, if you're in sales, okay. right? Yeah. I think that's super, those are the kinds of things. And to your, I love the question you said of like, hey, you know, if you could change three things in your company, you know, and snap your fingers, what would they be? Yeah. Right? Like that's yeah. how I coach. And then here's the follow-up to that is great. What's preventing it from happening? Right. Because that's going to define the culture. Yeah. If it's too hard to get shit done, then you're going to know that early. Right. Exactly. Big piece. Um, I want to I want to come back to something that's totally different, right? You went from bets to find them, um, you know, and many of us know bets and, you know, we, we appreciate all that Carolyn and what she's built and what she's doing, but you did it in a pandemic. You yeah. changed jobs, <laughs> right? You changed yeah. jobs in a pan-freaking-demic. Uh, when did you make the decision to change? Was it before everything sort of hit the fan? Yeah, so I, yeah, so yeah, um, hats off to Carolyn and, and Bets Recruiting. Um, you know, that was, I was there for five years, actually, um, which was crazy. Um, crazy just for the tenure, but also a lot of fun. And we built a lot of cool things um, and, you know, changed a lot of lives with with placing all of these candidates and, you know, growing these companies. Um, so I think for me, every day was, was a challenge um, with just, you know, talking to new people and a challenge in a good way, right? You're, you're talking to a million different personalities and and so it never felt like, oh, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Um, but I think at the end of it, you know, I was managing a team across the country um, and it was just time. Five, five years is a lot. And, and it was just a, a nice time to kind of think about, OK, what's next? Um, I think it was definitely scary, right, because I was pretty comfortable there. 
Um, but I think, you know, all good things come out of when you're in that kind of scared mode and, and you don't quite know, and it's going to be a challenge, right? And you, you put yourself in that and you kind of go and you figure it out. Um, but I left in November. Um, so right before the pandemic, actually. And I think I'd met with Hari, who's our CEO, probably 10 plus times to just talk about, you know, his value and his mission and why he started find them because the recruiting stack is definitely broken. Right. And there's a lot of people that are excited for something new to come to help them. Um, and I really, really liked, um, you know, I, I liked his mission and he's a serial entrepreneur. He created a, a previous company that was recently successfully acquired. Um, so I decided to, to make the jump and I had to have a pep talk with myself of, it's going to be okay. Because I kept saying to myself like, okay, well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And oh my gosh, oh my, and I just was like getting overwhelmed with everything. And I had to say like, it's, you know what, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Like, it's okay, the, the world will go on. But if you don't take this jump, like then what if, right? And so um, I, I moved in November and it was a great decision. Um, the team's amazing. And um, yeah, we've, we've hired about 15 people since I've started and we went into remote world in March, um, which has been crazy, um, but it's also been good. And we've been selling through, um, through COVID, which is, which has also been, you know. That was my next question. Are people hiring? Are people, what are you seeing, right? And, you know, I think, I think it might be very different in the world you and I live in, right? We're in the tech space, Bay Area, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. There are a lot of layoffs still happening, but are people still hiring too? Oh my gosh, people are hiring I mean, it is, it's coming back. Um, it's coming back really strong. And I think, um, you know, what remote world has done is open the door to say like, okay, um, now you get to, you, you have your pick, right? Like you were talking about the A player, whereas before the A players in the Bay area are small and they have their own network and they might not necessarily, you know, need to, you know, talk to a recruiter or or anyone really, right? Um, but now you have your pick at you know these amazing people, regardless of where they where they live, um, and you can say, hey, like you can live in Colorado now, or you can live in I don't know wherever people live that are not in the Bay Area or New York or you know Austin. Um, you you have the ability to do that now. So um, yeah, people are definitely hiring. It's definitely coming back and. Um, and I think a lot of companies, you know, thrived through COVID, right? Um, Zoom, obviously, being one of them. <laughs> um, but think about all those companies that have just really taken off. And so, um, so yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, we're sort of, get, we're well, not sort of, we're, we're getting to the end. And, and before I ask you the last question, obviously a, a shout out to find them. Thanks for sponsoring. And thanks for, for Allison, for letting Allison come on and, and share a lot to, not about the company as much as, but, but just about her and her experience. Um, as well as you know, lead four one one gong perception predict, um, and and uh, just really appreciate everyone. Oh, Vidyard, that's the other one for for supporting us. Last question, you know, and then Scott's not here, so you can you know leave a message for him if you want. But what can we do to help Allison? Right? Is there a cause you're supporting? You're trying to get behind? Is you know is there something we can do? You know, some life decision or business decision you you want to just ask for some different advice on from an outside source? Um, you know, I really think that, especially kind of the the way of the world right now, right, with 
um, a new a new vice president who's a woman. Um, I think the door is really opening for um, diversity and inclusion to now kind of, you know, I, I definitely think it already was, but to even more so take front and center. And so really make sure that, um, you know, you're interviewing all types of people, regardless of where they're coming from. And I think, and this is not a plug for Findem, but also one of the reasons why I joined, um, you know, Findem will identify those types of people for you. Um, we're, we're going beyond LinkedIn. We're going beyond, you know, the Ivy League schools. We're going into the um, underrepresented areas and schools and minorities and, you know, um, people, right? So be open to that. Um, you never know where you're going to find, you know, your next best, most amazing rock star um, hire. So that's, I, I would leave it at that. I got, I got one more question. Well, suppose I am a candidate. Suppose, can, can I go put my resume on find them so that then I'm in there or does it not work that way? You cannot because we will just find you um, automatically. That's the power of, of the AI. Um, you put in as a hiring manager, the exact criteria that you want, as I mentioned, right? It can be intangible, tangible, anything you want. And it will identify every single matching candidate globally. Um, it works for any role and, it, and it's global. So we, we will find you. Don't worry. <laughs> Rest uh, assured. <laughs> awesome. Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming on. We're super, super appreciated. And, um, you know, it was, I know give Scott a little bit of a hard time, but that's just the way we roll. People know. So, but thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. You're welcome. We'll have to do a second one uh, in Chico, maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. With tequila and you got Scott there. He'll be all over it. So. Yeah, I'll give you guys a tour. All right. Good.